Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, as always, I have one ask for you. If you are enjoying the show, if you enjoy today's episode, or if you are learning anything at all, please do me a huge favor and help me to share the show. Whether that is texting a friend and telling them about it or mentioning it to someone at work or even sharing us on social media, I cannot thank you enough for your support. So today's guest is none other than the Todd Abrams. So Todd is the CEO and founder of Icon Meals, which is one of the largest ready-to-eat prepared meal and high-protein snack providers in the United States. He's also the founder of DadBod Inc., which is a passion project where Todd has a global vision of holding all dads to the highest standards and not allowing any dads to settle for less than their best. Todd got into fitness and bodybuilding after his hockey career, and since then, he has competed in many NPC men's physique shows and won his pro card back in 2012. So prior to Icon Meals, Todd founded Layer Technology, which became a pioneer in dedicated web hosting, cloud computing, PCI compliance, and cybersecurity. It grew to over 200 employees before Todd exited that business in 2014. So as an entrepreneur, Todd and Icon Meals have been featured all over the place, including articles in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, and they recently signed a major partnership with the UFC. Todd is a really impressive guy. He's insanely disciplined and he's proven successful in everything that he's done from hockey to bodybuilding to entrepreneurship. But above it all, he's an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Todd Abrams. And we are live. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall and I am your host. And with us today on the podcast, we have the founder and CEO of Icon Meals, he is the undeniable king of the dad bod. He's the one and only Todd Abrams. And Todd, I want to first thank you so much for making some time for us today. You know, when I started this show uh, earlier this fall, I started it in, uh, with this idea in mind of bringing on guys that, you know, we all know and love, right? So the guys that we follow on social media, we look up to them, we admire them, respect them for you know, what they what they are doing, what they are accomplishing, have accomplished professionally, financially, in their you know impact and outreach, whatever it may be. But when you take a closer look, you take a peek behind the curtain, you see that first, they are amazing human beings, amazing husbands, amazing fathers. You know, they are those things first. And then whatever success they have achieved is really like the cherry on top to who they really are. And with that in mind, starting the show, you were one of the first people that came to mind as an ideal guest, uh, somebody who I, I see is fitting that bill uh, to the T. So I want to thank you so much for making some time for us today. Super pumped to chat with you. Thanks for being a great example for the rest of us to follow. Uh, so with all that being said, the one and only Todd Abrams, welcome to the show, my friend. I appreciate it, Brandon. It's uh, great to be on and uh, honor and just uh, look forward to talking to you and your audience and uh, having some fun. So I appreciate the uh, the invite. Awesome. Yeah, man. Um, so let's let's dive right in. So I, I was prepping you before. If you don't mind, take us back. Tell us a little bit about little Todd, what childhood was like for you, siblings, where you grew up, what you were into, the, the whole nine yards there. Yeah, sure. So it was uh, a lot different than it is today, definitely. Um 
originally not from, I live in Texas today, um, grew up in Canada in um, Ontario, grew up in a little bit different industry. My dad owns uh, funeral homes and cemeteries. So it was an interesting child upbringing, but a great environment stuff. Um, wasn't always in good shape like I am today. Um, I think sort of growing up, I was that, that fat kid, right? It was the, my nickname used to be Lumpy. So um, for many years, fit the bill. As far as um, active, played uh, pretty much junior hockey up till I was 19 years old. Um, went to school to play hockey. Um, so again, was uh, physically active and stuff, but really didn't know too much anything about um, diet, anything about I'll call it responsible eating or um, I don't know, portion control, anything as such, and just sort of thought that, hey, anything that I could find, including McDonald's, et cetera, was uh, good calories in my body because mm -hmm. I was uh, working out in that sort of, I'll call it gym rat mentality and pushing weight, et cetera. So um, I think if you fast forward that, it's really just a progression of, hey, enjoyed life, um, have a brother, um, grew up with him, me and him are totally on sort of opposite ends of the spectrum. So not necessarily, uh, I don't know, the best of friends, but from that standpoint, good guy. Um, I, I guess my first transition, it had really been, I'll call it the fat kid and stuff, was uh, 18, 19 years old. I was uh, liked to party and stuff a lot, and I got sick with mono, really bad mono. And I was in uh, intensive care for just over 21, 22 days, but I lost almost 45 pounds in the hospital in two weeks. And wow. uh, it was sort of like, I'll call it life-changing, just based on I lost a lot of muscle, so it came out with like inches off my waist, inches off my legs, arms, et cetera. And it just sort of set the bar where I wasn't really going to go back and right away play um, college hockey just because I couldn't, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't hardly do anything. I was on um, Demerol and a bunch of other drugs for pain and um, to the point they almost did a tracheotomy on me. I was in like intensive care. My mom was the only one allowed in. So anyways, after I got into that, it was um, sort of something, I'll call it, I, I came in and it was like not fat anymore, but it wasn't <laughs> the, the best um diet regimen right that i'd uh, mm -hmm. put on anyone but like i said last 45 pounds so i was called that that skinny soft fat kid then right mm -hmm. so went to college um lived the college life and that included drinking and other things but then um got into really uh, i'll call it health and fitness more then i had uh, one of my roommates up there he was a um, semi semi-professional i guess amateur bodybuilder and um sort of i started training with kevin and a lot of things just sort of shifted and changed and over that course i still didn't know a whole lot about diet i knew like hey i was eating like the leaner portions and stuff and sort of learning about that but i sort of um went all in um on that learning and educating myself and i think that's when the whole process really started so training properly proper regimen hard training um i started to feed my body etc and then I saw results, so I never really went back to being fat, right? But I was always mm -hmm. sort of, I'll call it soft, skin, um, <laughs> skinny fat, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And uh, moving forward from there was really, I think, up until I was um, probably really a bit 30, early 30s. Um, I'm 47 today, so I just turned 47. And uh, I guess from probably 35-ish on, um, it was probably my best um, condition. That was really just because I made the decision back, I guess, when I was 34 years old, whatever, New Year's Eve, we were sitting around. I remember with my wife and some friends and drinking, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, I'm going to do a, um, a men's physique competition. And they're all like, ha, 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 funny, funny, whatever. And anyways, I went ahead and, and did it. My wife had been competing. She did a figure and a bikini and some other stuff. And so anyways, when my mindset for me, when I make a decision, it's sort of all in, right? And mm -hmm. that was really the, 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 I guess, the turning point where it really went hard on diet, went hard on training. I learned a lot more up to that point. So I was getting leaner, et cetera, but that's pretty much the point. Probably I've been 
like in that 8% body fat pretty much ever since <laughs> that range. So that's incredible. Um, from there, we did a couple contests, got my uh, sort of fast forwarded, got my um, men's physique card back when I was 35 um, for the IFBB. So I've had my pro card since then. So we've done, I don't know, two or three shows, sometimes up to five a year. Um, we'll call it a master's division, et cetera. But again, just at a competition level and competing level, it's a lot different. But um, again, making that mindset switch, right? And it's really, um, as a lot of things you talk about, I'll just paint the picture. I have three kids, so I have 21, 17, and five. So um, got some range. Yeah, interesting. Been married for a long time. So I've been married 23 years. We've been together almost 27. Um, so from that standpoint, it's really just for me, it's not necessarily about, hey, getting leaner, adding muscle, right? And stuff like that. It's a bit longevity. And it's about being able to be there for my family, be there for my kids. It's a different mindset shift as well. So as I've grown, I'll call it physically and mentally, it's also a big mental shift because um, my background in businesses, I've never had, never worked for anyone really. It's had three startups, um, mm -hmm. sold the first two. And that was always about, hey, money, materialistic things, right? And it's like sort of when, if you go back and probably change up a few different things just with how um, growing up with my kids and stuff, but I like, I call it, got another shot. God said I wasn't done with my little one. And from <laughs> that standpoint, it's, it's much more about experiences, about creating memories and doing different things. And again, that goes back to, healthy eating, right? Setting the bar for yourself, setting the bar for your family. Um, your kids, as many of your listeners know, pick up every single thing, right? So all the mm -hmm. different behaviors. I think that's one thing we've been blessed with where I see my 21 year old, he plays that in the North American Hockey League. He just actually plays for a school in New York this year, but for the last couple of years, he played North American Hockey League. So he's up in South Dakota, but the work ethic on him, right? Like doing five, six hours a day on ice training, regimented eating, he knows, uh, again, if he's going to go anywhere, it's up to him and no one else. So, um, and see my daughter, my daughter dances, company dance five, six, seven hours, she goes to college next year. But again, seeing those different behaviors that they've seen in me mm -hmm. um, really resonates with sort of, I guess, part of what I want to leave my message as and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I know that's jumped all over the place, but that's sort of a little bit of background. Yeah, that that's awesome. There's a, there's a couple different places I'm thinking about jumping in yeah. and uh, what, what I'm thinking about now is, is what life must look like for you as, as a, as a great husband, a great father, you know, founder and CEO of this thriving business, you know, icon meals, everything that you've got going on. I think it'd be interesting to talk to you about, um, you know, how you, you know, quote unquote, work-life balance. Everybody throws that, yeah. that phrase around. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. Everybody has a different take on it. It seems like I'd, I'd love to hear you maybe just kind of talk about like, sure. what does your day to day look like yeah. and how do you manage to pack it all in? Cause I think most people are probably looking at you like yeah. this guy's this something's either falling through the cracks or he's Superman, something like, you know, somewhere in between. Yeah. I think it's a decision you have to make. Like in life, I always look at you have choices, right. And it's putting priorities and different things. So I've always been one to, um, get up early. So I train, I wake up every day, probably between three and 4am. Um, if I set my alarm for four o'clock, I'll always, it's just weird. I wake up before, right? So like I wake up, I don't know, today I woke up at 247, whatever. I never hit snooze, I get straight out of bed. And that's just something I've always done. I think if you hit snooze, it's sort of, you've already lost the day. So that's something that's stuck with me since I was early twenties. And just to back up, I think part of my mental, I'm, I'm not say wired differently, but I am a little bit um, different mentality. I'll say I, um, uh, so take it back to a 17, 18 years old, grew up in a small town, right? Called Tottenham. The biggest thing ever come to Tottenham was uh, Honda. So Honda was opened up and it 
employed probably 30,000 people north of us. And that was like the, the, the job, right? You had to have a Honda job. So you come back, I'm working. I was going to uh, college at that time, came back for the summer and had to work at Honda, everyone's telling me, right? And I see all these people with PhDs, MBAs working at Honda and I'm like, whatever. So I applied for the job, got the job and was paying probably about 20 bucks an hour back then. But again, it was four different jobs, like one day, so two hours apart, right? You walked, you wear this white jumpsuit, you walk between yellow lines, it was like jail or something. And <laughs> you go put on steering wheels, change tires, do whatever, tire rods, etc. And I lasted two and a half weeks there. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're quitting. You're gonna like screw up your career, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't mentally do this, right? So for me, I need challenge. I need things that I'll call it other people look as risks. So what did I do? I quit there. I started working in network marketing where I had zero base compensation. I was working 90 to 110 hours a week, going door to door and thinking about it now, I'm like crazy, it's just downtown Toronto in different bad areas. But again, it's my mind's wired differently, right? I can't do that. And that's the same as business today. People say, hey, what are you doing? Like you're taking on all this risk. Well, I don't look at it as risk because I control it, right? For me, it's whatever it takes. There's not an option for failure in any part of my life, right? So it's, again, building that mindset. And I think why I told you that story is because a lot of how I've grown over the years comes from that early on training and personal development. So when I got into the network marketing side, it was like just personal development up the wazoo. And I believe everyone has to work on them if they want to put themselves in a different place than they are, right? So mm -hmm. um, come back to where I am today. Again, 3 a.m., between 3 and 4 a.m., I typically train um, four o'clock in the morning and uh, I, I knock it in and people say, oh, why are you getting up at selfish, et cetera? No, it's for me, if I don't train, I can't be the best version of me. And that means I'm not gonna show up the best version for my kids, for my wife, for my um, employees, for my people that I'm, I'm building business with, my peers, et cetera. So I have to knock that in. If I, I don't work out probably more than two days, my wife's like, get in the damn gym. Like, it's just, that's, I need that for me. It's my clarity. It's my, I'll call it my therapy, right? And I enjoy that. So it's again, and it's not just gym. I tell people, hey, if you're going to go in the gym, you're just going to push yourself through these motions. You have this work in, it's this many reps and stuff, then don't bother, right? Because for me, it's always challenging myself in different things. And Heath knows this. Um, and Mark does as well. We train pretty crazy. So uh, I trained with Heath just a couple of weeks ago, just before we got COVID. And I just, it's, uh, again, we're going to push it, right? And that's how I am in all areas. But again, I'll wake up. Typically, um, depending on the day, I'm gonna get coffee, um, journal, do some reading, might be, um, typically if I'm doing like Bible study, whatever, it'll be 45 minutes of that. Then get into knocking it in the gym. And that's either my garage or whatever close by, I have a full in my garage. And then get going, right? So by six o'clock or whatever, I'm pretty much ready to go. Um, during school time, I'll take my little guy, um, drop him off. And then I'm pretty much in the office probably by seven to eight o'clock. And I'm here, probably until eight o'clock, right? So I try to get home before eight, eight thirty. put him to bed. Um, me and him have sort of just little regiments and stuff. And it's a lot different than I think it was when I had my older two um, growing up because it was all about chasing that extra dollar, extra dollar, extra dollar, had to, had to, had to, it was a different mindset, right? So, yep. um, and then again, it's, it's family time and stuff. Like, um, again, sort of prioritize what I need to do. And then most of the other times, pretty much with the, the family. How much sleep do you get? Yeah, I'm pretty much people say, oh, your sleep sucks, whatever. I don't know. I have this like whoop band on or a ring and that yep. tells me I suck as well. But it's, for me, it's always worked. I probably get four to five hours a night, maybe six. I can't like if I get eight hours of sleep or something, something's either wrong or it's like weird. Even when we go on vacation somewhere, let's say I'm in the islands, I still have to have a 24 hour gym. 
yeah. just because I, again, I'll come back to bed, but um, I don't know. I'm just going to wake up. So, yeah, I, I love, I loved hearing you kind of just unpack what your morning looks like, because I like, I'm like that. Uh, I'm not up at two 33 in the morning, but the, having that anchor of a routine, whatever that looks like, just some, some consistency, like I'm going to go to bed around this time and I'm going to wake up around yeah. this time. And then I know exactly what I'm going to do once my feet hit the floor. And in, as a part of that, you you were talking about in the, you know, in your network marketing days and all that, talking about personal development and, and working on that and having such a big belief in, in, in growing your own personal development. What are some ways that you have, you know, maybe worked on that? Um, I think that's a term that people probably hear a lot. And they're like, okay, yeah, like I'd love to work on that. Is there anything specific that, you know, you did or you would recommend for other people to dive into? Yeah, so inside of books and stuff, and like I've always been involved with different, I'll call it masterminds and different things. So when I had my last company, Layer Technologies, I had that for 14 years. We sold it in 2014. And I don't know if you heard like if you, John Maxwell, he talks about what's called the law of the lid and stuff. And it's really you hitting that lid, you're hitting that ceiling, right? And you can't expand past that. And so in Layer Technologies, my other company, I wasn't always like the one with the, the most money, the most experience, most expertise, et cetera. I always had like a partner. I had Michael, who was my CEO, older, a little bit older. I was a COO. Um, again, different people to resonate off, right? Here, when I started this company, I was in that position and I never want to be in that position of that sort of the guy. So I had to get back to, I'll call it what, more or less my roots or getting into different masterminds. So I'm involved with a bunch of different masterminds, $100 million mastermind, Avengers mastermind right now. We did uh, an interesting Those are some squads. Yeah, we did an interesting one with Mark Bell. We did like, it was called Meathead Millionaires. Um, <laughs> So we That's met awesome. with like Dana and uh, Dana Lynn and Rob Bailey and a couple other people, uh, Jason Kalipa, um, Bart from Barbell Brigade and his wife and, and Mark and uh, Annie. And so anyways, it was fun. We've done that, um, done some stuff with Heath and his Bible study and different things. But again, more in the mastermind, I also have private coach. So every day, every week at 4 a.m. on Thursday morning, I have uh, my session with my mentor who I've worked with for uh, quite a few years. Prior to um, this company, if you take it back to 2007, I had um, my old mentor, uh, Bob Neon, he passed away, but he was like sort of, I'll call it my second dad. So he was a, a multi-billionaire, owned the largest real estate investment trust in Canada. He lived offshore in Bahamas. And I learned a lot from him just based on, I'll call it street smarts and sort of business at a, um, just at an inner working level. Um, but again, carried a lot of that through me. So what I'm trying to do is with just the masterminds and stuff is build that network, right? Build that, that connections into people that have more expertise, have more experience. And just, um, I, I call it basically, it's like, it closes that gap, right? It, it fast forwards your learning time, it condenses it. So mm -hmm. if you want to be somewhere where you're not, what do you do? And a lot of people I think don't want to invest in themselves and it's mm -hmm. not cheap, right? Yeah, I've probably got hundreds of thousands of dollars a year into personal development. Um, um, from that standpoint, but again, I'm not where I want to be. So the only thing I can do is time collapse that. And that's the fastest way in my mind to time collapse is surround yourself with people that are where you want to be. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I, and I would say like something that I've done in, in a, I guess a zoomed out version in the, 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 um, and a, a, probably a more affordable version of that. Like something that I've made a point is like, if I'm driving somewhere, I'm going to be listening to an audiobook yeah. or a podcast yeah, or something like yeah. that. Like, I feel like we've stepped into the day and age where there is no, like everybody talks about mentors. Like I got to find a mentor, but like it, there's no excuse to not find one because podcasts are free for the most part. I'm sure there's some you can pay for, but like most, there's so much on, on podcasts on uh, YouTube and, and on audiobooks and stuff like that. Like Mark, Mark Bell talks about that all the time. Like, you know, listen to like, a, listen to YouTube. You can learn anything. Yeah. You can find anything nowadays and stuff. It's just, it's funny, right? It's a totally different culture. Like, 
It's just listening to even like my five-year-old. You ask something, he's like, hey, like go Google it or whatever. And people just don't understand, <laughs> right? So everything's available. And I, I use a, a couple of different phrases. I say, like, I try to help people live an excuseless life, right? I don't know if that's a real word, whatever, but from that standpoint, there are no excuses. You're right. There's no absolute excuses why you can't get somewhere you want to be. And I think the other thing that sort of freezes a lot of people, and especially a lot of, I'll call it new dads that I've seen and, and worked with and talked to and just friends in general is they always look for this or strive for this thing called perfection, right? And they, they don't move forward until it's the perfect time to have a kid or it's the perfect time to do something or it's perfect time to take a vacation. It's perfect this, right? And I say this bullshit because there is no perfect, there's no nothing perfect, right? I use a phrase called better is perfect, okay? If you can be working on better in just 1% of every single thing in your life, that's your athletics, right? Your, let's say spiritual, let's say mind, like working on all those different pieces daily, then you will be much closer to perfect, okay? Mm -hmm. Whatever that far shining star is you want to say than you were the day before. But so many people are just paralyzed and, and fearful of, hey, we can't do it until this or that. And I've seen so many people just have failure or quit just based on um, never taking that first step. And I think that's what people have to understand that it is a sequence of like baby steps, right? It's building mm -hmm. that house upon brick by brick, not just pouring some, I don't know, big whatever and making it all happen at once. So but I think that's a little bit different with the, the mindset today of everything is Hey, it's now, now, now. And mm -hmm. um, uh, again, it's just interesting. Like my last company, 14 years to get where I was, right? Yep. Six years in here. And I'm just sort of, I say, really starting on called version two, right? Of expansion and different things. So mm -hmm. um, again, it's, you have to work on you and you have to surrender people. If you don't believe in yourself, you have to surrender people, yourself with people that believe more in you than you believe in yourself, right? To get yep. that next level. And I think that's one thing where you don't have to necessarily find mentor, but you have to have a good group of friends around, right? And if not, then you need to get that negative out of your life and mm -hmm. find that that positive. And if that does come through audiobooks and stuff in the meantime, then so be it. So yeah, that that idea of, of perfection being the enemy of progress, that is yeah. that's so huge. And like that's something I hid behind in wanting to get this show started. So like, you know, I was telling you before I started the show, first episode came out earlier this fall. I started the journey of the of the podcast in uh, I guess that was like December of last year. So it took me nine months to go from, all right, I'm doing this. I signed up for a course. Like I put some money down to like educate myself. And then I delayed through like the, you know, pursuit was or, uh, the pursuit of perfection is what prevented any progress for nine months. Like I was just like, all right, I got to get everything perfect. And like, you know, yeah. I wanted my social media to be perfect. And yeah. I wanted to have the email list set up so I could start building that. And then finally I was just like, man, I got to start. I just got to start flying and build the plane while we're in the air. Like I'm not yeah. going to build the perfect plane and then fly. And you see that now. It's like, if you look on my social media, the, the Instagram account's pretty, pretty weak and we're not on TikTok, and I don't have the email list, but like you and I are having a conversation that we would not have had yeah. if we hadn't just started, started taking a couple little steps. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we have similarities as well. A little bit, like I said to you, I had, I have dad, Bud Inc, which is sort of a passion project just on the side, started that. Um, I have a few different episodes and stuff, but really, I think like when I created Dad Bud Inc., it's, I say the business of being a dad. And I think it's really about that, like, I don't know, there's a difference between to me, a dad and a father, right? And it's mm -hmm. like that accountability, that responsibility. And it's just interesting to me that I see so many, I'll call it the, those dads or father figures today that just like overweight different things. And I'm like, damn, like, it just, I don't know how that's okay for you having kids, right? The example that you want to set um, again, for me, and that's, I have like, not a problem, but 
like I want to help those people. And it's the ones that just like, I want to rip my head off and put it on their body. And I can't do that. Right. So it's a frustration point to a certain extent as well, yep. because uh, again, I just, I don't know, I'm not big about laziness and procrastination. I have a problem with people that are. So um, again, and just, I don't know, there's so much there that um, can be said in regards to that. So yeah, I love the that your your spin on, on dad botting. I mentioned in the intro that you, you're the king of dad bots, and, and you huh. started that. And you're obviously like you're talking about an eight percent body fat or under. So um, not exactly what I guess society normally refers yeah, to as, as like dad bod. Pandemic and stuff last year, where Planet Fitness came in and said, "Hey, we got beer and pizza," and they did all these ads and stuff, right? It just pissed <laughs> me off because it's like the whole idea to get people in and stuff and. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that that's okay. And they put all these studies that 62% of these women preferred the guy with the beer gut and all this. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, I don't yeah. like it's not <laughs> the truth, right? It's it's yep. to give everyone that participation trophy. And there's so mm-hmm. many snowflakes and stuff out there that don't want to, they, they want that comfort, right? They want mm-hmm. someone to tell them it's, it's okay. So they don't have to be frigging working and putting in the work and stuff. Because nothing ever comes easy. When people say, hey, how'd you get in shape? Well, it's freaking almost 20 some years of, doing different things, evolving and growing through learning those little lessons, right? And making mm-hmm. those tweaks. So fail, fail, fail. Hey, change, mm-hmm. doing different things. But um, again, that's where I have the big issue. Like if you want comfort and stuff, then you shouldn't be setting an example for your kids, right? I want to be able to like, I don't want to go to my school with my, my little guy and stuff and be the fat guy, right? And I don't mm-hmm. want him to have to be like, not feeling shame, but like feeling like, hey, shit, why is my dad can't bend over to pick up the ball or can't do this or can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, they mimic every single thing that you do, whether you have boy or girl, et cetera. So from that standpoint, we're going to build those values from day one. And it's the same with many things in my, my household, like, Hey, they're never going to quit. They start a sport. They're going to finish the sport because they made that decision. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't quit. We don't like the participation trophy. It's not, Hey, go out and um, okay. Now we're beating them. We're going to pull back. That's not my mentality. Right. Because again, I'm not trying to build, someone who's going to be normal and be like just complacent and stuff. Right. I want them always to be aggressive. I want them to feel, have that element of uniqueness, but I want Mm -hmm. them also to be very competitive in all areas. Just look at um, taking care of every aspect of your, your, yourself, that mental, that physical, that um, emotional from, from all standpoints. So. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a level of responsibility that I think is widely neglected as far as, you know, us being the models for our children, like you said, whether it's boy or girl, they're going to do what they're going to do what they see, right? Like yep. us being the model of, you know, what our boys are going to grow up to be in the model, of the man that our daughters, you know, are going to be looking for. So I kind of look at it from that lens. And then too, like, like you said, like longevity is so, um, so often not talked about. I feel like everything is like, how can I lose a few pounds in 30 days to, Get ready for spring break well, but it's like looking for the, the the magic pill right or the shortcut right and i think yep. that's there is no such thing right there's mm-hmm. the shortcut and magic pills are all the the bs like i've seen my mom go through years and years and years and again jenny craig's fine but let's just say jenny craig she gets on jenny craig and she loses 30 60 pounds as soon as she goes off and she thinks she can balance it herself she can't right mm-hmm. and from that standpoint it goes up and down and that's not good for longevity and, and different right. things right but then again, it comes back to where up against the wall, if she's put on 80 pounds, probably goes back again. Or she's mm-hmm. asking me about like these different pills and stuff. They're going to mom. It's all shortcut bullshit, right? Go back mm-hmm. to just normal diet and stick with it. Like you have to be hard on yourself. I say you have to be the harder, hardest employee, employer that you've ever worked for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from that standpoint, it, it's 
all those choices in life are up to you. No one else is going to come in. It's not going to be, hey, the fun sugar coating, et cetera. But all those other little shortcuts and things people look at, like it's it's funny because if you Google, I don't know, fat loss and stuff, right? It's the three secrets to fat loss or like the 30 day mm -hmm. challenge or this bullshit. It takes like way more than that, okay, to get you in a mentality. Can I go down to 4% in 30 days? Yes, but my mind has been trained a lot differently and I'm going to do a hard ass diet, right? That Heath knows and stuff mm -hmm. as well. Like that's a 30 day shred that's going to absolutely, but it, it's on a different level that most people wouldn't go through for that time frame. So yep. again, you got to build upon you. And I think the other thing is like, if, if you're a father and you are telling your kids one thing or in your house, you're eating a certain way and then you're doing the opposite thing, right? That That's like one of the, the worst things I've seen with many people today. They'll never trust you. Thing. Yeah. Like, Hey, you got to be in good shape, blah, 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 blah. Or you're eating this. And in our household, it's just, it's my wife. Um, she does a lot of yoga. She's like big into healthy eating. So we've always ate that way. And that's what how our kids eat. Right. So I don't really have to worry too much about that, but it's again, being that example of what you want to see. So it's not mm -hmm. just telling them one thing and then doing the opposite. So, um, yeah, it's, it's huge. And like from the, the longevity thing, like that's something that I have had to kind of just reverse. And cause I've always, I've, I've always been in decent shape, but I wouldn't say that health was necessarily the priority. And my kids have forced me to change that. Right. Like, I, like you said, I want to be around for a long time. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, like I might be able to eat a lower quality diet, eat some fried foods, drink a little more, do some of the things and still keep like a, a decent yeah. figure and, and, and muscle and stuff. So like, why does it matter? And then I think, well, the accumulation of those things might lead to disease or they might lead to taking years off at the end of my life, Correct. which then yeah. like air quality of life at the end of my life. And then like, like I want to be jumping on the trampoline with my grandkids and my great grandkids, or at least have a shot, you know? Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important. Yeah, I think the difference is like the, the what used to be 50 and old and stuff isn't anymore, right? Like you're seeing like mm -hmm. and, um, 100 plus, and I think someday you'll probably see 120, right? And, and different mm -hmm. things as such as, as more a norm. And that goes into like doing different things for me as well. Like people say, hey, blood draws and stuff. And they think that's only if you're going to take drugs and this and that. But no, look, I've done this for 12, 14 years. That's really when I started. Like the first time I ever went to just a normal GP, I got my blood drawn. It was like, okay, this, 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 y'all, you're all good, right? And that's everything from your test levels to, I don't know, liver enzymes to whatever else, right? Thyroid, et cetera. And they say, hey, your kidneys. And they say, hey, you're great. But no, go to a wellness doctor. And before I ever work with anyone on diet or training stuff, I say, look, have you got your blood done? They're like, no, go get a panel here. And I'm talking a full panel, like Mark talks about as well, right? Mm -hmm. 23, 26 pages. It has bio biomarkers and all this stuff that you probably don't want to know some of the stuff. But again, I didn't know how my body responded to certain foods, right? I didn't know that I couldn't absorb a certain keto diet based on how the chromosome and enzyme that I had that wouldn't allow me to digest fat in a certain way, et cetera. So there's a lot of different things. And I do that um, once a quarter now. What's the best way to, to find that? If somebody's hearing this and like, oh, I'm going to go do that. What's the best way to find somebody? So it that? depends where you are in, in different places. There's one company that's all across the U.S. called Merrick Health, which they're a big one, Stan Efren and a bunch of other people. I think Mark Bell works with them now and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But there's a local one, like there's just find someone that you trust and don't start jumping around from person to person, right? Build a relationship with someone that understands you and then you'll understand them, like as far as a doctor or, or a clinic, whatever. So I use a, a wellness doctor I've had here for 14 years now. And again, he probably knows more about me and stuff, right? So when he sees my results, hey, it's like, hey, you're not eating this or you're not doing this or why you're doing this. But also at a certain point, you're not necessarily normal. The way we train and like the way I eat and different things isn't a normal. So a normal doctor's gonna go, hey, you're, you're great. But a normal doctor telling someone that's, I don't know, over 35 or 40 that their test level is at 200 or, or normal, like that's bullshit, right? 
it's, it's, it's relative to a bad point of relativity. Yeah, it's not necessarily, it's just from a relationship standpoint, even right from mm-hmm. that standpoint with your wife or whatever. Like you want to be at that, I'll call it 800, 1100, depending on where you are, right? But it's not, hey, I'm going to build muscle. It's a mentally thing, right? So from that standpoint, you feel different mentally. It puts you in that, that state, I'll call it, like allows you from a business, just overall hormonal balance is so important that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I think the more and more that you have um, that to do, then uh, again, that's you, you really have to understand that just based on being in balance in all areas of your life, so. Yeah, that's that's huge. So for the guy who is uh, maybe maybe fitting more of the stereotypical dad bod, um, that that the, that culture today would tell us is okay. And they're listening to you talk, and they're feeling inspired, they're feeling motivated, and they want to do something. They want to be a better example for their children's and model model um, health in a better way for them. Where would you say that person should start? Because and, and I think there's a like sure. there's just so much noise and BS in the health and sure. fitness space. Like, where's yeah, the starting I, line for someone like that? I think it works. It has to start with you, right? So you have to be inspired, or you have to I don't know, get a buddy, whatever, someone that's going to be an accountability partner, and just get in the gym, right? Even simple movement. If you're overweight and you're this dad, but that hasn't done anything, like Mark Bell talks about. Even if you walk, if you walk mm-hmm. for ten minutes after every single meal, right? You're going to see changes based on your metabolism. Instead of putting your lazy ass on the couch and watching football or whatever, right? Go for a 10 minute walk. Okay. Yep. Help your digestion system. I'd say like, look, simple things, cut out the soda, cut out the BS, like get that water going, right? A gallon a day. And then look at a lot of people, I think, forget about one of the most, what I believe is important parts is the micros. So not just the macros. When I say micros, all the vitamins and different mm-hmm. supplements that I take. So between me and my wife, I'm probably 800 bucks a month just in, in vitamins and stuff. People are like, holy shit, but they don't understand how much of a difference that makes. Like when I had, um, I don't know, I had adreno complex and then like a, a bunch of different things, right. Based on me taking hey pre-workouts and all this stuff before, but really when I got my blood drawn those 14 years ago and understanding different things and getting myself in balance and in check, those are so important. And when I don't take them, then I, it's almost like for me, it's not even a don't, right. I just have for seven days a week for years now, but like in COVID and things like that, like people don't understand why people, are more opt and, and to get in COVID, right? But again, mm-hmm. I've been taking all that stuff that they call the COVID cocktail, right? The zincs, the, the, all the different things, okay, quercetin and all these other things. But um, they have to understand you have to start. And some people are like, holy shit, I'm not going to invest that much money in this. Well, I, again, what, it, what are your objectives, right? Like, but they will invest that much in a TV or in going drinking and stuff. So <laughs> I, again, to me, it's putting your priorities on, but mm-hmm. I, I tell someone just start, right? And mm-hmm. then- Find someone, but don't jump all over. Don't go to like a cookie cutter diet guy, right? And mm-hmm. tell people if you come to me, hey, you're gonna go get your blood drawn. And then I have some people say, holy shit, it's a thousand bucks. I'm like, again, <laughs> what are you gonna decide to do, right? What? Yep. So again, understanding what's in your blood, and I've got articles written and stuff on on that, really allows you to have like that that solid foundation. So you're not building the house upon sand. You're building it on concrete block, and then you can build from there and take the next step, which might be hey, making changes to your diet might be adding in training, right? Different things. I talk about like red light therapy. I talk about um, infrared sauna, like cold plunge, just different things that help your overall environment. When we say your environment, it's really your body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to, to build that, I'll call it immune support and, and different things that's necessary for, for growth. And then getting into, maybe it's how you don't like going in the gym, right? But maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, you're stressed and stuff. And they said, go take a yoga session, right? Or mm-hmm. like take Pilates or do a class. If, if you're not going to motivate yourself in the gym, then find a program somewhere that works. Maybe that's a karate. Maybe that's an MMA, right? There's lots of different ways, but move, get your damn body moving. 
And then, you know, even if you're not in good shape, what you shouldn't be eating, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's pretty much that making that choice. So mm-hmm. I'd say remove all the non-good items and make a better bad choice, if you want to call it that, than mm-hmm. what you're doing. And even those little better bad choices are going to make you lose weight initially. For some of the people that are way overweight, probably without getting your blood done, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm not the guy, so don't take this 100%. But one of the fastest ways that I've seen overweight people lose weight is going on a keto diet, right? Mm-hmm. Or doing, getting into what Mark talks about. I'm a big proponent of, and I know Heath is as well, like intermittent fasting. I've done intermittent fasting for a long time. I use it more as a tool just for accommodating my goals and stuff. Mark uses it for his weight loss, for he does like whatever he's doing now, no carbs until the end of this year, et cetera. <laughs> um, again, that's, I think there's lots of different tools you can use, but you have to understand what's available to you and then do the hard things. I'd say, also make little challenges for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of challenges. It's almost like a game to me. If I'm in the gym, I don't know, and I've got X amount of minutes left on the Stairmaster or I'm doing something that I don't want to do. I'm going to push myself even harder and play this little game with my mind, right? It's just, it's mm-hmm. weird where, I don't know, I'll do more than I needed to do or I'll do something. It's just it's something for me that gives me that challenge. Um, we've done a lot of different things. We do like weight loss challenges here at my office. We do... Um, I did a 60 day where I paid for everyone's food, everyone's gym membership, everyone uh, yoga sessions. We personally trained. And uh, again, I gave them what I wanted to put them in an environment is no excuses, right? So we did blood draws, we did fat body analysis. The other thing I tell for people to do is go get um, a body scan, right? Whether that be Mm -hmm. in body or one of the others out there today, make yourself understand how fat you really are. I don't care. Like they're saying, oh, that's, that's, you can't say that word bullshit. You're fat. Admit you're fat, right? Or admit you're out of shape because that's the first place that you need to start. It's hard to fix a problem that you don't know you have. Marker as your baseline marker and work from there every single day, right? Take pictures Mm -hmm. that you don't want to see. Okay. Um, Again, maybe it's say you got six months now to summer coming up. Well, maybe you want to be at a, I don't know, at the water park, whatever with your kid in much better shape and be proud. Right. So, um, I don't know. There's lots of different things, but again, it's just movement starting to move. Yes. That's uh, to, to boiling that down. I think that ties back a lot to what you were saying before. Um, you know, just in talking about business and everything, just like get it going, like take one small step, get a little yep. bit better, get 1% better today. And you know, just, just improve over time. So I, I, I tell people as well, they have to celebrate those small victories because often people yes. say, Hey, I'm going to lose 30 pounds and then I'm going to do this. Well, no, start celebrating your little victories, right? Not like, Hey, going out and having a beer or whatever, or a cheat meal, because you've been successful for seven days, but put like things that you do want to celebrate your little victories and stuff, right? Hey, I've down a pant size. I've lost weight. I've lost this much, etc. But I also tell people don't just get tied to a number on a scale, right? It's really about mm-hmm. inches and things. It's about how you feel mentally clarity, etc. Um, if you work out, you're going to fire off different, like, androgens and stuff in your body and into your receptors that are going to give you different feelings right and again i get addicted to that i love that just the how i feel and how i'm able to perform so again looking at those little victories make sure you celebrate those along the way yeah that that mental component is is huge gosh i mean that's like I mean, for me, at least like, it's like you said before, like, if you don't work out for two days, your wife's like, get out of the house, yeah. go train, go do something. Like well, I, feel I tell the people same all way. the time, like if I'm going to do a business deal with someone or something, we're going to go train first. And I have like a, we'll call it a synergy between the, the gym and, and business or life, right? Mm-hmm. How people show up in the gym to me is how they're going to show up in, in my life. So I've mm-hmm. gone with people. And if we say, Hey, me and you, I don't know, I just meet, met you and we're going to go train. And we say, hey, we're going to train legs. And you start telling me, Hey, well, I used to squat this much. And I had this hip injury from football and stuff. I'm like, holy shit, here we go already, right? (laughs) The guys or girls that just shut up and come and we go and do our thing. I don't care how much you lift, whatever. 
those are the people that don't give excuses because they're just going to push through it and make themselves. And I've had people come in and like puke their guts out and different things. But again, they keep going. I've had guys also that come in and all of a sudden disappear into the bathroom. I never see them again. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's again, that parallel to life, how you show up in that environment without giving excuses is really, it's almost like a test to me, right. For bringing them mm-hmm. into because I don't want a partner that's going to give excuses. I don't want a partner that's going to quit, et cetera. So um, that parallel, I think, plays, uh, I don't know, it's, it's helped me a lot over the years. So, Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, and in that, before you mentioned uh, an accountability partner being a great tool, I'm just going to raise my hand for anybody listening that needs one and is looking to make a change. If you want somebody to annoy the shit out of you and make, you know, stay on your ass a little bit, send me a DM and, I, and I'm more than happy to, uh, to, to do that. So Todd, I want to, I want to transition a little bit and I want to, you mentioned, we, we talked about the range of your kids now. Yep. So you've got a little bit of a span there. Yep. So is there anything that stands out to you, um, that you are doing different now with your five-year-old, you said, is yeah, there anything you're doing six, different six, now six. with, with the five-year-old that maybe you handled differently with the, with the older two? Yeah, I think I have much more patience, right? I have much more, um, again, I'd always give myself the excuse, especially with my 21 year old that I didn't have time, right? Like, or I'd see him whenever, but I'd be at work a lot longer. And I was always like, hey, it's like for these guys, right? It's for my kids, for my family, making this money. And that's all bullshit because at the end of the day, I could wake up and something might happen to me today, right? And that's just it. And I, I just want to make it so I enjoy every single moment that I have. I want to create those memories. I want him to know, right, that, hey, his dad's always in his life in all different areas. Sure, I work long, I work hard and stuff. But again, we're creating experiences, right? We're doing like vacations with them. We're trying to build different things. We do lots of stuff. Like he's always with me, right? He's with me in the gym. He loves coming in. He hits the heavy bag. He jumps on whatever. But again, mm-hmm. just different things, right? So his karate, his hockey, we're very involved in all that stuff. And it's, again, um, I structure my life around my family, right? So again, work's important to me, but work is a tool. All money is, it's just a tool to be able to enable you to help more people do different things, right? Mm-hmm. And I look at, hey, more my purpose, my calling, et cetera, whatever you want it to say it is. And from that element, really like building that the rest of my life around my family. So it's a totally different mindset shift. And I think it's just, I was immature before. Like I said, we've been married a long time. I had my first kid when we were 23 years old, um, been married since I was 23. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's just much more maturity. And I think it's like, God blessed us with um, uh, our little guy, just because it sort of has brought everyone closer together. Like my, my 21 year old, my 17 year old, et cetera. And it's just, it, it's been a great synergy. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, when I started the show, one of the things I had in my mind was like one of the lessons that I felt like I learned that felt like God put it on my heart. Like you cannot, cause I was very much the workaholic guy yeah. saying, Oh, I'm doing it for my family. But like, I was almost just saying it. Like I felt like it was coming from a place of good intention, but like you said, probably bullshit. Yeah. So I kind of just, I boiled down, like I can't let what I'm doing for my family come completely at the expense of my family. And you just like, you just nailed that. I I love that lesson. And I think that's so important for people to hear like a guy who's had the level or achieved the level of success that you have with your businesses and, you know, just to have that mindset and that be something that has really, you know, anchored you. Um, And like I said, in the introduction, all the success that you have achieved is really just, you know, it's, it's really a cherry on top and, and a tool, like you said, to, you know, pour back more and to have the relationships and have like the really, really deep, meaningful um, experiences, you know, with your family, with the people that mean the most to you. Yep. And that, and in that sentiment, that kind of leads me into the the question that, that I'll end on so I can get you out of here on time is 
around this idea of legacy. You know, you hear so many people talk about it. And if you scroll on Instagram or follow any, you know, like business or entrepreneurial accounts, you see it as like, you know, legacy is like dollars in the bank account or like name on a building or whatever it is like that. But I think about it more in terms of the way that you just kind of alluded to. It's the moments, the memories, it's the little things that like uh, those experiences, those things that our kids, you know, God willing, we're able to leave them behind on earth will kind of carry with them um, so that, you know, that they can carry with them throughout the rest of their lives. So if, if I ask you the question, you know, what, what do you want your legacy to be with your kids? What do you want them to remember about their dad and carry with them? What would you say? I think it's everything that I mentioned. So for me, it's like, hey, making sure my family's taken care of. So money and stuff, okay, great. They have all that as far as being able to go to school, do what they want to do and, and for later on, right? But legacy, I think, is, is about the, the memories and the experiences and stuff because they're going to remember that far more than they're going to remember, hey, he had this and that, right? And mm-hmm. um, so from the standpoint of, of that, it's really being involved in their life and learning to be 100% fully present, which was a big difference for me. So back when my 21-year-old, my 17, I'd be on the phone all the time. I'd be this and I'd use it all as excuses, right? It's phone off, turned off, et cetera. I'm 100% present with him um, and my other kids as well, but like everything, right? But I want to be involved. So like even just driving my, my 21-year-old, I don't have to drive him up to school, but I drive him up 25 hours to school just so I get to spend time with him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also a lot of people say, oh, your kids are spoiled and stuff. I don't look at it as spoiled. They look at it as being able to have been blessed and enabled to provide for them and their friends, right? So from that mm-hmm. standpoint, like, going to the schools they want to go to have never sort of said no, like they have cars to drive and different things. Right. And I say, they don't live a bad life, but it's that, that legacy of, to me, it's about always leaving someone better than when you met them. Right. So if I came Mm -hmm. into your life, I'm always looking to provide how much value can I provide into someone else's life without expecting anything back. And that's what I want my kids to take away. Right. Like, I don't know. I just have different things. I go through the Starbucks drive through, go through that. I'm always going to pay for the car behind me, whether I might get a $4 tab or I might get friggin' sometimes $50 tab. Right. Um, but again, if I can help someone or walking into the grocery store the other day was with my son and I felt so bad. Some lady came in and she was in front of me and I knew this was going to be sort of a, potential shit show she had all mm-hmm. these cans of baby food and stuff and then she went to put her card in. it was 370 bucks and her card wouldn't go through i just paid for it right away right like that's it but i want to provide that value and different things for people not ever thinking that i'm going to get anything back so again leaving that legacy and that sort of memory in my kids how mm-hmm. i interact with people and how they see me interact with people is what i want them to um, ingrain in them to carry that on with them in their life that's awesome. That's a killer answer. Um, Todd, this has been an awesome conversation, man. Thank you so much for making some time no, for us today. Dude, this on. is awesome. Like I said, a uh, huge fan of yours. Um, you, were, you were one of the first people that came to mind when I started this show. So uh, super pumped to have had the opportunity to meet you, chat with you. Um, thanks for making some time for us. Where's the best place for uh, for people to sure. follow you, find out more about you? Yeah, personally, it's at Todd Abrams. So T-O-D-D-A-B-R-A-M-S across all social media platforms. Um as far as icon meals anything at icon meals if you're a food lover or anything in between you can follow us we have a lot of good giveaways different things work with a lot of big organizations like ufc and other people so um, there's a lot of good content there but again just like i said diet tips things like that um we do some different things in icon meals todd talks and some different things but again feel free to reach out dm any questions uh, happy to uh, try to point you in the right direction we have uh, a lot of different people so if people are looking for workouts or diet plans etc happy to uh at least give as much information as we can provide. So 
Awesome. That sounds great. Well, Todd, thank you so much again for your time. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Brandon. It was great. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.